The second fucking time, man? <laughs> I was trying to be so quiet and move my stuff. Alright. Are we ready for the intro? Yes. Alright. <laughs> ready? Ass fuck. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of Sweet Tea and D&D. We made it! No one thought we would! Yay! We are so sorry for how obnoxious that, that was. was fun. Let's do that again. Okay. Again? Oh, oh, I thought you were serious. I was like, did it not record? I'll do. I'll, my little man, these little clappy hands. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Zach and I said they sounded like little horses. Just. It's the sound of a baby centaur. <laughs> <laughs> That sounded way worse than you expected it. I just imagine the little tiny baby heads just flapping around. Okay, anyway. Hey, it's our 10th episode. I'm Zach. Yay, I'm Jamie. And here we're going to talk about the legends and lore of Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition, all while drinking sweet tea. You'll see the enormous sweet tea that we made and... Really tried hard to drink. We it was not very successful. Shoving three straws together does not work. No. It, it required a-, a lot of sucking, and we just weren't up to it. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the mood. We're in the mood. No. I have a headache. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> yeah, please transition away from that. Speaking of really big things, we're talking about some big <laughs> monsters. <laughs> Uh, today, I'm going to do the Kraken. Release it. Yes. Release it, Jamie. Yes. Um, it went really like redneck there at the end. Yeah, it did. Release it, Jamie. <laughs> Poor Liam Neeson. <laughs> anyway, the Kraken. So, to all of our listeners, I feel so lied to. I shouldn't have. I should have trusted my gut because I didn't think it was like Greek or Roman lore. But Krakens are not in Greek or Roman lore. It was all Hollywood. Yeah, was, they lie to us all the time. It was a flim flam. That was floozy. They're no, charlatans. The Bamboozle. <laughs> a fluke. That's the word. Definitely a fluke. <laughs> <laughs> that, that floozy bitch. <laughs> that red lipped whore. <laughs> Those lint lickers. <laughs> Who are you calling a cootie queen? <laughs> lint liquor. Um. So they're not in there. They actually started much, 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 much later, like in the 1800s. People around Greenland and it was like the Netherlands. I was going to say a specific place, but I don't remember what it was called. But they were like, oh, look at these big ass squids. But they kind of, you know, as people do and stories get told, it goes from being a really big squid to being a gargantuan monster that'll take your whole boat. So as they do. I also didn't know that they have those in... um Moby Dick. I didn't know that the Kraken makes an appearance there. Really? I thought it was just the white whale. Really? I, I did too. Anyway. I've not, you can tell the public school system has really failed us because we have not read those books. I would not have read Moby Dick. <laughs> Why not? Because it just doesn't... It's very boring. I had... Okay. I had to read The Old Man and the Sea. That was enough ocean life for me for a long time. The stubborn asshole man goes to catch a fish. It gets stuck. And dies on his line. Sharks eat it. His ass is like out in the middle of the ocean for days because he's too stubborn to let it go and go back to shore. 
And that was Literature Review with Jamie. It sucked. (laughs) (laughs) So no one likes that guy. (laughs) Um, Anyway, actual Krakens, or not Krakens, they're big old squids. Tons (laughs) of lore behind them if you're into that type of thing, of like the Norse stuff. Um, Half of Wikipedia is in a language I don't understand that has a lot of consonants. So I don't know what it said. (laughs) It looked thrilling, though. Um, There was a really cool poem, which I will read. In my most dramatic voice. I hope you are prepared, as the differences could be unnerving. <laughs> Use a southern accent, though. Oh, no, I can't do that. This isn't like a bayou monster. <laughs> this is... You want to go noodling later? We were hunting them gators down there. I might use one of them little voices behind you. We're doing... Power. Uh, Boomhauer is is a national treasure. He is, but that's not what we're talking about. Okay, so it's called, it's a little poem. It's called Kraken Attacking Merchant Ship. It was written in 1810. A Kraken attacking? Uh, Actually, no. It just, okay, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. It's Kraken Attacking Merchant Ship 1810, but it was written in 1830. (laughs) I don't know. It took us 20 years to get that shit published. (laughs) And when I thought of a setting, I was like, 20 years should do it. Eighteen ten. What's a printing press? <laughs> it's like, meh. Anyway, um, written by Alfred Tennyson. Uh, it's called the Kraken. It's described master creature that dwells at the bottom of the sea. <clears throat> Below the thunders of the Hubbard. Instantly turned to Mr. Krabs Clancy Brown right there. Look on y'all's faces was the best. Y'all looked so confused. Okay. I'm gonna try again. Don't laugh. Below the thunderous of the upper sea, far, far beneath in the abysmal sea, his ancient, dreamless, uninvaded sleep, the Kraken sleepeth. Fairest sunlights flee about his shadowy sides. Above him swell huge sponges of millennial growth and height. And far away into the sickly light, from many a wondrous grot and secret cell, unnumbered and enormous polypi, winnow with giant arms of slumbering green. There hath he lain voracious and will lie, battening upon huge sea worms in his sleep. Until the latter fire shall heat the deep, then once by man and angels to be seen, in roaring he shall rise and on the surface die. Snap. Sing it. <laughs> Praise it. <laughs> I can't snap that loud, so I have to use the tiny hands. <laughs> I use my tiny hands. Because <laughs> my fingers don't work. Okay, so Kraken in D&D lore are different. They were servants of the Titans who were like, Nah, man, fuck this shit, I'm out. And so they left. <laughs> but they are pretty, pretty uh, cool. Um, They are compared to gods with, uh, they have cults and minions that spread across sea and land. Um, They're aligned with other elemental evils, like water elementals. Um, <clears throat> And their servants will kind of just end up rolling with them just because. But the Kraken itself is actually quite fucking terrifying okay so it's a gargantuan monstrosity titan is what it says in the parentheses so this thing's huge i don't even know where to begin how big is gargantuan zach in like the book don't act like you don't know these things 
I've never gotten that high in a campaign to have to know that. That's true. We're chronic giver rubbers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Definitely. So, size in the Dungeon Master's Guide, page 251 for those interested. Says the nerd who had the book right by him. That's why I just asked him. <laughs> you just expected me to spit that shit out, didn't you? I did. Okay. <laughs> A. Wrong page. How big is, is it? it? Uh, Titan? Yeah. Is not listed. It goes gargantuan? Small. Oh, gargantuan? Yeah. 16 squares, four by four or more. So that would be five <laughs> times four to 20 feet on each side. It doesn't seem big enough. I mean, 20 feet is still pretty big for... Uh, huge is nine squares, so three by three. But it doesn't say how tall it is. That's no. true. That just assumes it's... A, and most of the time... Correct me if it's wrong. It's so if water. I squish it into a cube, it would take up that many cubes. It would be 16 by 16 if you compressed it into it, is my guess. I mean, that, you could just say that that's the visible part of the water. That's interesting. Anyway... <laughs> So, it has a natural uh, armor of class of 18. It has 472 hit points. It goes up to like 729 if you get the max roll. It will destroy you. Mm-hmm. It will just outlast you. That's going to be the thing. It's just going to keep going because that's what it does. Um, I guess the land speed, because all it says the speed is 20 feet, um, and then swim feet is 60 feet. It rocks at pretty much everything except for decks, surprisingly. I guess because it's out of the water. Um... And wisdom. Its dex is plus zero. So. I didn't expect that of such a high level creature. I know, right? And I'm like, so is that like for above the water? Because I feel like underwater, this thing will just kick ass. But, eh. I don't know. I don't work it, but it's a ghost. Saving throws. Strength is plus 17. Dex is plus 7. Con is plus 14. Intelligence is plus 13. Wisdom plus 11. It's going to kill you. Um, damage immunities are lightning, bludgeoning, piercing, slashing, from non-magical attacks. Condition immunities, frightened and paralyzed. It has true sight to 120 feet and a passive perception of 14. It understands abyssal, celestial, infernal, and primordial, but cannot speak and has telepathy up to 120 feet. So if it has telepathy, it and it still doesn't know common, it, it couldn't like t- talk to your players. What is the language it knows again? Like cele- celestial, abyssal, infernal, and primordial. So yeah, I couldn't, Speak to your players like in, in normal in common. Cool. Yeah. Normal English. Sorry. Normal common. English. Um, it's a challenge rating 23. I I kind of want to do a one-off with just some High level maxed characters out and characters and just go for it and just see. Because this thing can do some really cool stuff. So I bet I think it'd be cool just to have people on a boat and take a crack at it and see what happens. Take a crack at the crack. Crack, crack one open with the boys and girls. <laughs> Crack open a cold one? I don't know if they're cold. Get this guy at Peppers. <laughs> it's not slim. It's 20 feet by 20 feet. <laughs> it's true. It's huge. Anyway, um, it's amphibious. It can breathe air and water. That's what that means. Freedom of movement. It ignores difficult terrain and, uh, and magical effects. Can't reduce its speed or cause it to be restrained. It can spend five feet of movement to escape from non-magical restraints or from being grappled. Slippery some bitch. Um... A siege monster, first time I've seen this, like, in the monster manual. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kraken deals double damage to objects and structures, so, like, your boat. <laughs> You're fucked. So fucked. And boats don't have a lot of hit points. Like, if, if you're having them take damage, it, they don't have mm-hmm. a lot. So, 
fucked. <laughs> I, I don't know what players naturally go through a story and get this high of a level that they actually do this type of stuff. But you're fucked. Um, so <laughs> it has uh, some actions as a multi-attack. The Kraken makes three tentacle attacks, each of which can replace... They can replace each one with the use of fling, so it can grab you and chunk you somewhere. Um, it has its bite, plus 17 to hit. You're fucked. Um, <laughs> it's just gonna hit. It's just gonna hit you. Just take it. <laughs> take a deep breath. It'll go by a lot faster. Um, it has a reach of five feet. I, that's surprisingly short. Um, on a hit, you take 23 up to 3d8 plus 10 damage. 3D hate. God, it just makes my soul hurt thinking of getting hit like that. Um, if a target is large or small, it can swallow you. Okay? It can swallow you. And then you have to deal with all of its innards, and it does a shit ton of acid damage uh, for each round that you spend in there. You take 42 or 12D6 damage each round that you're inside of this thing. Um, and you are also, um, you are blinded and restrained and you have total cover against attacks and other effects outside the Kraken. So I guess it's good. You can't take any magical damage from your friends, but you are kind of taking acid damage from inside the monster. Um, you have to make a con. Oh, the monster has to make a con saving throw at the end of each of his turn or it throws you up. Um, and you fall prone in a space within 10 feet of the Kraken. If the Kraken dies, uh, and you have been swallowed, it will, um, puke you out and you'll just have to <laughs> get up and go <laughs> um it has a tentacle attack it's a melee weapon attack plus 17 to hit this one has a range of 30 feet oh that's right i was reading the bite so i guess you can't just throw your mouth out there <laughs> you have to do your tentacle um <laughs> so on a hit you take 20 or 3d6 plus 10 damage uh bludgeoning and if the target is grappled um you can try and make a straight saving throw at the end of its turn to try and get out of the grapple. It has fling. Um, one large or smaller object held or creature grappled by the Kraken is thrown up to 60 feet in a random direction and not prone. If a thrown target strikes a solid surface, the target takes three or 1d6 bludgeoning damage for every 10 feet it was thrown. If the target is thrown at another creature, that creature has to succeed on a DC 18 deck save. Or take the same damage and be knock prone. I would be the biggest asshole playing this crack, and I would be throwing people at people, just throwing them into the water. Swim, bitch! Because <laughs> <laughs> then you have to swim back to the boat, just wasting turns and time, causing you know tomfoolery with players. Mm. You're mm. gonna die! Oh my god! Why would this? Ugh. Anyway, um, it also has lightning storm. The Kraken magically creates three bolts of lightning, each of which can strike a target the Kraken can see within 120 feet. A target has to make a DC 23 deck save or take 22 or 40 10 lightning damage on a three DC. Yep. The only one living that is the rogue or the bard. <laughs> Every, and maybe the ranger. Everyone is screwed. So your paladin cleric is just a tin can with a like <laughs> someone just, shoved it in a microwave and they're gone now you sacrifice him to thor and you go on your way <laughs> um so you'll take 22 up to 40 damage from this um a lightning damage on a failed save or half as much if you make a successful one it's insane okay 
It has legendary actions. Of course. Can take three of them. You choose from a tentacle, tentacle attack or a fling. You can do the lightning storm. It costs two actions. Or you can do an ink cloud, which costs all three actions. Already talked about the first two. So the third one, the ink cloud, is while underwater, the Kraken expels an ink cloud in a 60-foot radius. The cloud spreads around corners and that area is heavily obscured to creatures other than the Kraken. Each creature other than the Kraken that ends its turn there must succeed on a DC 23 con save or take 16 to 3d10 poison damage on a failed save or half as much on a save, a uh, successful save. A strong current dispels a cloud, which otherwise it disappears at the end of the Kraken's next turn. Mm. So they're in the water. They're fucked. They're in a boat. They're it's fucked. Bad. Like, it's. Let's be honest. 15 foot reacher on the land. You're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care if it can only travel 20 I mean, it's feet. It's huge. So it can't get close to the shallows, but still. If this thing came fucked. up on a beach, just forget about it. Like, mm. uh, every, every beach goer is dead. Timmy's dead. Don't call for him. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, it also has some lair actions. Um, a kraken lives in dark depths, usually a sunken rift or a cavern filled with treasure and wrecked ships. There was a word there. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to try. I don't know what that word is. What, what is it? It's, uh, it's D-E-T-R-I-T-U-S. De- Detritus. What does that mean? It's just waste. The it's more you know. <laughs> rotting waste. Normally. Hashtag knowledge. Um. Knowledge power. <laughs> On initiative count 20, uh, the Kraken takes a lair action to cause one of the following magical effects. A strong current moves through the Kraken's lair, and each creature within it, within 60 feet of the Kraken, must succeed on a DC 23 strength save or be pushed up to 60 feet away from the Kraken. On a success, the creatures push 10 feet away. Um, the second one being creatures in the water within 60 feet of the Kraken have vulnerability to lightning damage until initiative count 20 on the next round. So... I could see this Kraken plotting to just ruin your whole life. And then the third one, the water in the Kraken's lair becomes electrically charged. All creatures within 120 feet of the Kraken must succeed on a DC 23 con save, taking 10 up to 3d6 lightning damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. So this thing could just completely screw up your entire life. It's so sad. Oh, God. Um, And the last thing are regional effects. The region containing a Kraken's lair is warped by the creature's blasphemistic presence. I don't understand how that is. Um, creating the following magical effects. I feel they're just misunderstood. They're just gentle giants. <laughs> Such gentle, electrified, creepy They creatures. just want to lay on the bottom of the ocean. You read, you heard the poem. <laughs> We're the ones causing it to rise and get pissed off. Um, let's see. The Kraken can alter the weather at will in a sex... Uh, sex... <laughs> In a six, in a six mile radius centered on its lair. I can read, I promise. The effect is identical to the control weather spell. Water elementals coalesce within six miles of the lair. These elementals can't have, can't leave the water and have intelligence and charisma scores of one. Damn. <laughs> uh, aquatic creatures within six miles of the lair that have an intelligence score of two or lower are charmed by the Kraken and aggressive toward intruders in the area. When the Kraken dies, all the original effects fade immediately. 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 Mm. So, I don't... So, we went over that it's gargantuan. What other details of the description do you have for me? Because um, I have to draw this shitty it thing. doesn't really have any... So, the picture, which is on page 196 of the Monster Manual. Good call. Um, 
looks very different than the Kraken I usually imagine in my head. This one looks almost like a lizard creature, like the creature in the Black Lagoon, but without feet and it has tentacles. Creature from the Black Lagoon. That had a really wide mouth, right? Yeah, it's more like uh, like the comical, like, like with, with all the with all the teeth. I'm gonna try, but it will not look pretty. But the krakens that I think of when I think of a kraken is essentially just a really big squid. That's what I usually think of when I think of a kraken. I don't think of this picture here. Oh God, it looks like Trogdor. I right. <laughs> carry on, carry on. Um, I mean that's that that's all. I said everything. Okay, uh, so I'll go ahead and give you mine, and I'll draw that later. So, I'm doing the Leviathan, and those who are familiar with 5th edition know that it is not in the Monster Manual of Ola's Guide to Mardu Cannon's Tomb of Foes. So, uh, the Leviathan is a 3.5 creature. Uh, it was initially uh, in the Monster Manual 2, I think, for 3.5 edition. Uh, it has not been released as a 5th edition monster. So, this creature is actually coming straight from the D&D wiki. So you can check it out. Just look up Leviathan, 5e creature. So it is a gargantuan dragon. It is chaotic neutral. Uh, the Leviathan is a mince dragon-like sea creature between 300 and 500 feet long. It is the lord of all seas and the intermediary between aquatic creatures and the gods. So you're fucked. Uh, it's it's a pretty much just like a sea dragon. Sea dragon. Let's go sea dragon. Uh, so in previous descriptions, it was sometimes considered a god, but it was described as a whale. So a large toothed whale and just seeing that and then seeing the current picture, which is terrifying, makes me chuckle. So it has an armor class of 23. Its hit points are set at 546, though its maximum is 812. Uh, it has a 20 foot uh, land speed and a 50 foot swim speed. It has a plus 10 to strength. A plus 9 to con and a plus 6 to charisma. The rest of them are all below 5. Uh, it can kick your ass at saving throws. It has a plus 18 to strength saving throws. So you're probably not going to affect it with strength. Uh, and everything else is above a 10 or more for all of its other saves. It has a plus 10 to perception. So it can easily spot you if you're in its lair. Uh, it is immune to being frightened or paralyzed because nothing's scarier than it. And it has true sight for 120 feet and a passive perception of 20. So it understands abyssal, common, celestial, draconic, infernal, and primordial, but can't speak, but has telepathy up to 120 feet, similar to the Kraken. It is a challenge rating of 25 worth 75,000 XP. So good luck killing it. Uh, it is amphibious, so it breathes air and water. It has freedom of movement, which means it can ignore uh, difficult terrain, including magical effects that reduce its speed. Uh, it has a lot of harmful attacks that it can use but importantly it has legendary's resistance it can use these three times a day so those who aren't familiar with it if you legendarily resist something if somebody casts a spell on you and you fail you'll be like hey fuck you no i don't and you're it's good. the stuff of legend okay <laughs> uh it is also a siege monster so that means that you do double damage to objects and structures just like the kraken it can multi-attack as well as use its frightful presence. Uh, its multi-attack is uh, a bite and two claws. Alternatively, it can use swallow instead. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> I knew that was coming. It also has a plus 17 to hit, and its bite is 15 feet, not 5. What? Does it Does it have a spit feature, too? <laughs> no. Or a uh Good on fist. it. Good on it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> 
You're the worst. Yep. <laughs> All right. So it uh, has a plus 17 to bite. It does 2d10 plus 10 piercing damage. Uh, and if the creature is small or larger or smaller, it can grapple it with a DC 20 escape save. Uh, the target is restrained and the uh, Leviathan cannot bite another creature. Uh, it can uh, claw a creature, which is another plus 17. It can reach uh, 15 feet and does 2d6 plus 10 slashing damage. It can also hit you with its tail and do uh, 2d8 plus 10 bludgeoning damage. Uh, with frightful presence, any creature, each creature of the Leviathan's choice within 120 feet of the Leviathan of the wear of it must succeed on a DC 20 wisdom save or become frightened for one whole minute. And then you can't do anything because you're useless in combat when you're frightened. You're not completely useless. You just can't approach the creature. So, uh, if you've passed the save, then you are immune to its presence for 24 hours. Uh, this is what I thought was the most fucked up part of it, other than its other sweet actions. It has steam breath, which recharges on a five or six. This requires a action, and the Leviathan exhales a stream of hot steam in a 120-foot cone. 120-foot cone. Cone of cold is 60 feet. Don't most dragons have breath weapons like that? Yes, but it's just terrifying, just mm-hmm. thinking about it. So a 120-foot cone... Each creature in the area must make a DC 24 saving throw of dexterity. It takes 12d6 cold damage and 1d6 fire damage on a failed save and half as much on a successful one. So it also has the ability to swallow, which we've already made fun of. Uh, it's similar to the Kraken. Once you've been swallowed, you take 42 is the uh, average value for it. Acid damage over time. Same thing where if it takes 50 damage in a single round, it regurgitates the creature. Uh, if you die, if the creature dies while you were being swallowed, it is uh, 30 feet of movement to crawl out of its body. And you must exit prone. Uh, it has multiple layer actions. Uh, on the initiative count 20, which it loses in a tie, it does the following effects. It creates geysers within 120 feet of the Leviathan. It shoots out hot scalding water bubbles uh, within a 20-foot cylinder. Each creature makes a DC 15 deck save and takes 3d12 fire damage on a failed save, half as much on a successful. Additionally, that shit lingers for multiple rounds. Uh, it lingers for 10 minutes, so 100 rounds. No, 60 rounds. And it, every time you pass through it, you can take 1d10 fire damage from the boiling steam left behind. It can also flood an area. So if it's taken up a layer in a cave, it can completely fill the cave up and you make a DC 15 strength saving throw. On a success, you're just pushed 30 feet. On a failure, you are uh, submerged by 50 feet. The water drains out, though, after about four minutes if you make it that long. The same effect can be done on a lake or an ocean as well. It just kind of rises and crushes you and pushes you around. Uh, if you are on top of the Leviathan or have grappled to the Levi- Leviathan or are grappled by the Leviathan, um, you are not uh, affected by this. And then uh, this one's also pretty rough. It causes water to shape and thrash, causing pain to creatures around it. A point within 120 feet of it, uh, the water becomes difficult terrain and in a 30-foot radius at 5 feet deep. At that point, any creature that starts its turn must succeed on a strength saving throw or take 6d6 bludgeoning damage and be pulled to the center 10 feet towards the center of the point. It comes with its own fun regional effects. Nice. So similar to yours. Uh, in this case, water levels rise 30 feet within six miles of the Leviathan's lair. So imagine a tsunami 30 feet high hitting land whenever it takes place. Uh, sea creatures are aggressive uh, to non-sea-fearing creatures within one mile. That bastard sea turtle. 
those fucking aggressive sea turtles. And I think this is probably the worst part of its regional effects. Trenches within one mile of the Leviathan's lair form portals to the elemental plane of water, allowing creatures of elemental water into the world that dwell nearby. So constantly re- releasing water elementals into mm, the world. Nice. Uh, if the Leviathan dies, the effects fade over a course of 1d10 days. Just lingering. Chilling. That is our question to the listeners. I personally think mine will win because it looks more kick-ass. Because you had a plus 17 to hit as well, didn't you? Yeah. So I think I get some sweet stuff. Steam breath. I don't get lightning. Am I immune to lightning? All right, so I'm immune to cold. Lightning, bludgeoning, piercing, slashing, and non-magical attacks. So I think I'm immune to most of your cracking nonsense. Uh, it did have the lightning. It did have the bite, tentacle, and fling. But your gargantuan, I couldn't. I can't be flung. Yeah, I can't be flung. Yep. Um, so I'd have to slap you to death mm-hmm. <laughs> or ink you and hope you couldn't see. That is true. I have true sight to 120 feet. Hmm. Also, this is a homebrew character, so don't take this too personally because these yeah, things this sometimes come out thing. a little stronger than they should. Hmm. That's a good question. We should play them against each other. <laughs> You'd probably do a lot better because that's an area I struggle with is remembering all the stuff that these monsters can do because yeah. they have so much. And I'm sure you could use any of these to threaten other creatures to work for them. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. So this, this one speaks primordial, so it could speak to those elemental creatures coming through the plane. I think this would be a cool starting point for a high-level campaign of, oh, shit, so many elemental things are coming through the ocean and terrorizing cities. What's the cause of it? <laughs> Leviathan. <laughs> These primordial creatures are, like, having a rap battle. <laughs> it's like the flying heads in Rick and Morty. Thanks, Rick Riordan. Show me what, what you, you got! got. <laughs> <laughs> Disqualified! Disqualified! <laughs> There's one every season. <laughs> okay. I don't know. We'd have to, like, we'd really have to put it out and really try and fight them to see who would win. So we want to send this out to our listeners. Who will win in this fight? There's a lot of things that can be affected. I think my character has, or my character, my creature has more hit points than you. Uh, mine goes up to 700 and something. Oh, mine that, goes up to 812. Okay. What's your AC, though? Uh, 17. Oh, right. yeah, 23. Wow, yeah. Granted, you have a plus 17 to hit. That's true. So, I would hit you Six. automatically. Yeah, <laughs> no matter what. So. But even then, it would be, a, it would be a pretty good battle, I think. I think it, I don't think it'd be a complete wipeout. I think it would be a good, like, fight. Yeah. I think it would be a fun way to end a campaign, too. Like, your whole party's like, fuck, we're level five. We'll never defeat this. And then the Leviathan comes in and kicks the ass of a Kraken. There's always a, There's There's always always a, bigger, always fish. a bigger fish. In this case, it's a gargantuan dragon. I don't know what you're referring to. Oh. Sorry. I don't give a <laughs> shit about Star Wars. Shut up and make our <laughs> listeners go away. I mean, Star Wars is so cool. I mean, you didn't have to do that either. We do need to talk about our drawings. I didn't draw yet. Shit. Because they have no... Story time. Oh, shit. Yeah, story time. We'll come back to drawings in a minute because... We haven't drawn them. They were no descriptions in either I of our things. Mine. But it wasn't like a... It looks like a water dragon. I mean, yeah. That's pretty much all you, you know. Mean. You know water dragon. <laughs> Imagine a lizard with spikes and claws and webbed feet. Okay, I'll get right on that. There you go. Anyway, let's talk about our, our thing. Our thing. Okay, so... 
for our 10th episode, we want to give you 10 successful D&D tips for your table or for uh, Adventures Leagues or wherever you're playing. So, um, do you want to take the first one or do you want me to? I don't have a list. You don't have a list. So, uh, <laughs> so first off, be prepared and be on time. Uh, our experience with our Adventures League group is they started at 7 and ended at 9. And if you were late... There was often not spot at the table for you, or the group has already started and you missed a lot of the introduction or uh, flavor text that you need. Uh, we would suggest you bring at least paper and dice, though if it's at a store, there's probably something available for you. Um, do you have any comments on that one? No. All right, cool. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, no. I was... Focus on making a water lizard. Yeah, so, I'm not. Uh, speaking of, pay attention to the DM and players. <laughs> Guilty. So uh, it's very important when you're at a table like this, particularly because one thing I've always tried to do is prepare my action, especially in combat, because it takes so long, particularly with a full table. Uh, so you should be careful paying attention to the DM, what they're saying. And the downside is, is other players can affect your next move. So come up with a few plans while you're waiting for initiative to reach you. Yeah. Uh, know your actions in advance is another thing. So plan ahead, as we say before. Yeah, that kind of ties into the one before. Like, yeah. Especially when you're doing a, a, an encounter. you There's only so much you can do, especially in the, the beginning levels of any kind of story you game. You can either stab at it or hit it with a spell. <laughs> magic, magic, stabby, stabby. Yeah. Uh, Healy. That's the only or move. That's your other option. Move. But remember, don't get an attack of opportunity. But that's a very good thing. Like I know at our table, the one that where I'm DMing, I'm having a problem with the player. I'm like, hello, can you pay attention? And he, what are we doing? I am not saying all that again. Don't yeah. be that guy. So make sure you pay attention and know your actions in advance, and be nice to the new players. Uh, this is sometimes their first opportunity to play, and you don't want to scare them away. That's how we have a producer named Garrett, because he's awesome. That's we right. We didn't scare him away yet. If we make more slurping sounds, he might leave. <laughs> um, so I would suggest, especially of Adventures League, uh, keep track of your XP and items. That one functions more on XP than milestones. So keep track of that in your logbook. Keep track of your items. Uh, there's some odd rules about trading those in Adventures League, so don't worry too much about those. Ask your DM. Uh, don't be afraid to ask questions. Especially if you're not really sure about a mechanic or what the DM might have said. If you're paying attention, your questions won't seem odd, but if you ask, what'd you do last, then shame on you. Uh, this is my big one, is take notes. You're such a good note taker. I'm such a good note taker and it pisses everybody off because I'm like, no, on the day of the 12th, you told me this when the full moon was rising. and <laughs> It's so annoying. But it's really helpful because I'm like, I have no idea what we did. What do we do? And Zach always knows. Because I have notes. He has notes. I take fucking notes. So <laughs> take your notes, particularly because sometimes your uh, DM might cheat you out of things. So they're like, yeah, I'll give you 100 gold when you get back. And they're like, here's the 50 gold I promised you. And if no one knows... Then, hey, not that the DM lost any actual money, but <laughs> still fun to lie. Uh, so um, this is something our producer suggested, and I think it's very important. Roll to hit and your damage at the same time. This yes. makes it a whole lot faster at your table. Uh, always have a spare die around for advantage or disadvantage. It makes it a lot easier when you're rolling. Uh, and also be a team player. There's no counting how many times we've had to wait for somebody who's trying to be the star of the show and finish your goddamn monologue yeah <laughs> finish your monologue we had a bard sing the entire 
uh Marina's revenge song at one point. Oh. It was gosh. really long and there was a lot of uncomfortable was... eye contact between me and him because it was I was the player he was singing it to and I didn't want to deal with it. But no, you're right. You need to I would like to clearly to be state respectful that of I do not spotlight. torture animals. <laughs> yeah, share the spotlight. Don't make it all about you. Remember it is a party event and a role playing mm-hmm. event and it's not you're not the protagonist and everything. That's right. Uh, so lastly, stick to, uh, I don't know what I wrote. Oh gosh. What is it? It either says initiative or invitations. Initiative. Stick to initiative. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about now. This is our fun story. And this is kind of our last one, which I'll branch off on. This is your fun story. That person said it to you. (laughs) So we were in a Adventures League game. We were actually running a book i think it was still curse of strad it was curse it's of always strad. curse of strad because <laughs> we'll never finish it and uh we were in the middle of combat with some druids and the wizard of wines and i'm trying to be threatening and i have a firebolt spell prepared to launch at objects to light them on fire particularly a vat of alcohol and it would have been a really fun story if i lit a bunch of alcohol on fire and scared everybody out but uh, we had a player who was constantly trying to jump initiative. Like, I stop him. I do this. I'm like, it's like, it's not your turn. It's my turn. And I'm going to throw the fireball at it. <laughs> Deal with it. So <laughs> it's a lot of fun when you stick to initiative. And also, when you're paying attention, you can help each other out. So remember that the help action is something that you can do. So if somebody's making an attack, you can give them help to ad- give advantage on it. You can also help them or assist them when they're rolling something like a skill check, as long as both of you are proficient in it. Yeah. Which is really handy instead of both of you rolling. It saves your DM and I roll when both of you go seven and uh, eight. Yeah, you take initiative or take advantage. It's worth it. Yeah. Um. Ayo. All right. I want to see your picture. <laughs> All right. We finally got this. Trade. Trade. Tradesies. <laughs> Sorry. What's with the little sucklers on the end? It looks like it had ten. It doesn't have tentacles. Whoops. I mean, it has tentacles, but it doesn't have like little sucky cups. I don't. It doesn't look, look like it looks like it has little penises on the end of it. I'm okay. Not gonna surprise. Lie. It does. Oh, I'm God, showing it to him do again. Look like penises. It <laughs> I'm showing it to our producer. Uh, I see it. Very, very phallic. My bad. <laughs> My bad. They were supposed to be like larger parts that have. Like, Look at my wiggly penis. A <laughs> <laughs> wiggly penis. And he has like a little, uh, what is it called? A gimpy fin. Hey. But he has eyebrows and they're so expressive. That was just to show his face. <laughs> he looks like, that was, hey. just, that was just to show that his body was different from his head. <laughs> he has a lot of teeth. It's cute. He has a little, little wiggly mustache beard thing um, that they do. Crack a lacking, cracking. You can find these on our Instagram where we post our dungeon doodles as well as our Twitter, which is Sweet Tea and D and D. Yes. As well as our Instagram, Sweet Tea and D and D. Uh, we also have our website, Sweet Tea and D and D dot Simplecast dot FM. Given that Jamie never remembers our website, I have to say it. <laughs> Uh, we have a Facebook group which Jamie manages. So it's the same thing. It's sweet tea and D. It's sweet tea and D. That's everything. D N as the letter N D. Uh, if you're looking for us on other media places like podcatchers, check us out by putting spaces between all of our stuff. All the words. All the words. Spaces. <laughs> yeah. Keep space. Normal between. English. Yeah. Spaces normal spelling and shit. The words. Most um, of our other social media things are all one word. That's true. Smash together. So 
we're looking at yours now, and it looks like a mentally challenged dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> like, like. It's a kid's show with Dragon Tails? Yes. Dragon Tails, Dragon Tails, something, something, Dragon Tails. I'm to make like a muscular head, but... It looks like it's been beaten over the head with a tire <laughs> iron repeatedly. <laughs> and it looks like you drew a bunny in its mouth. It's supposed to be its tongue and like uvula. I didn't make it. That's dark. not where the uvula would be. In the back of his mouth? <laughs> yeah, but you put it to the side. I don't know how to do depth, okay? <laughs> you hater. It has very large nar- nostrils. Nostrils. <laughs> nostrils. Because it looks like it, looks like it has tiny glasses, but really far <laughs> down its bridge of its nose. <laughs> you gave it eyebrows, too. So that's the eyebrows. It's because we watch too many cartoons where all and these everything things you can't eyebrows. express feelings Dragon about. Eyebrows. You remember Spirit, the movie about the horse who had eyebrows? <laughs> <laughs> Very bold eyebrows. Very if I dark, prominent eyebrows. Everything has eyebrows. Everything I want to give your cat eyebrows. No. Bye. 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 <laughs>